10-3 is brought to you by Callaway. Just like a podcast, my golf game needs a good start, and if you're anything like me, you know how much a good driver can up your game. That's why you need Callaway's new Epic Flash driver with Flash Face technology. It's shattering the idea of how fast a driver can be. It's Callaway's first ever driver face engineered with artificial intelligence. What's that mean? Using machine learning, Callaway's supercomputer, yes, they have one of those, was able to test, refine, tweak, and retest over 15,000 different faces to find the fastest one. That's flash face technology. Learn more at callawaygolf.ca. A reputed mob boss was left clinging to life after he was gunned down in southern Ontario last week. Pat Musitano was shot four times outside his lawyer's office in Mississauga, the latest in a number of brazen shootings tied to Southern Ontario's criminal underworld. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. We look at what happened, why Musitano may have been targeted, and the state of organized crime in Ontario. Don't forget, you can find us on all your favorite listening apps, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Brad Hunter is a crime columnist with the Toronto Sun. For listeners across Canada who aren't necessarily familiar with the inner workings of mafia in Ontario, who is Pat Musitano? Pat Musitano is uh, heir to a longtime uh, underworld established family. And uh, he took over upon the death of his father, Dominic, in 1995 and then unleashed chaos two years later with the uh, assassination of Johnny, uh, the enforcer Papalia, who was a you know iconic Canadian gangster who was gunned down in front of his house on Railway Street in Hamilton. What led to the shooting of Pat Musitano? Was was he shot at home or where was he shot? Uh, he was shot in front of his lawyer's office in Mississauga. Lately, he'd been. Uh, keeping away from his Hamilton home and, and somewhat hiding out because he, you know, probably for, you know, at least the last couple of years anyways, he's had a target on his back and that may go back to 1997 when, you know, following the, the murder of Johnny Pops. But uh, he'd been lying low and his house had been uh, riddled with bullets. A few years previous, his uh, SUV had been torched. For the underworld, that's bringing it, you know, traditional organized crime, that's bringing it pretty close to home, which isn't necessarily the done thing. However, now we're seeing relatives of mobsters uh, or reputed mobsters being uh, clipped all over the place. So it sounds like uh, Pat Musitano had a bit of a target on his back. Who is Johnny Pops? You mentioned the 1997 assassination of, of Johnny Pops. Sure. Johnny Pops was the underworld kingpin of uh, Southern Ontario with tentacles into Buffalo, the Magadino family, uh, and, and New York City. And he was, you know, quite, quite notorious. And he was number one in the pecking order of the three families in uh, Southern Ontario, which were the Papalias, the Musitanos, and the uh, Lapinos, and uh, and he was the big boss. And uh, you know, two years after Pat Musitano's father Dominic died, Johnny Pops was taken out by uh, a hitman named Ken Murdoch. And uh, then two months later, Murdoch clipped Johnny Pops' uh, lieutenant in Niagara Falls, Carmen Barilero. So the, a lot of you know bad blood stemming back, you know, more than twenty years on Pat Musitano. Is this kind of shooting typical when you're talking about Southern Ontario mafia 
or operations? Is this kind of daytime brazen violence something that is part of regular business for them? Or is this, do they try to keep a lower profile? Well, generally in the past, they've tried to keep a significantly lower uh, uh, profile. But I, if I'm if I'm wrong, I think that each and every one of the five or so mob hits over the last couple of years have all been daylight operations. Hmm. So how did Pat Musitano come to the position where he is? You, you mentioned that his father died in, in 1995. Do, how far back does the Musitano family go in Ontario organized crime? The Musitanos go back to the late 1930s when his great uncle or great grandfather, uh, I'm not sure which one, came over from Italy. Now, he was a wanted man for murder in Italy, and they called him the butcher or the beast or something like that. I think he viciously murdered his sister over some honor sort of thing, and he came over and established the family in the late 30s. And, uh, you know, as time went on, uh, then Pat's father Dominic took over and generally fairly, you know, a lot of firebugging and extortion and uh, stuff like that over many years, but, you know, reasonable amount of calm until 1997 when Johnny Pops got whacked. But Pat's grown up in it. That's, it's, you know, all he knows. His shooting comes not long after uh, his uncle was, was buried and his uncle was involved in, in the business as well, right? Yeah, both his uncle and his uh, uh, father were, his uncle Tony and his father were both very well respected in in the underworld. I mean, hard, tough men, no doubt about it, ruthless, but both were very well respected. Now, two years ago, Pat's uh, brother, Angelo, was gunned down in front of his home in Waterdown, and Angelo hmm. had turned over a new leaf, as we've heard in a thousand courtrooms, uh, and uh, had found the Lord and uh, was a devoted family man. But this seems to be the the new gambit that we're seeing in the underworld is that they're going after family members, you know, that that may have more than a wink and a nod to what's going on, but essentially hands off. And that happened again in January with uh, Cece Lupino, who was murdered in front of his father's house in uh, on Hamilton mountain. Now the Lupinos are another underworld family, Uh, but, he, you know, he was even recorded on uh, on wires by the police as, you know, he had nothing to do with crime. He had no criminal record. And he basically said, why would I want to do that? It's just not worth the hassle. So, I mean, they're striking out at these people that used to be left alone. We'll be right back. You want your business news in podcast form? Post Media's got you covered. The Financial Post is excited to launch Down to Business a weekly podcast that digs into top Canadian business stories in under 30 minutes. Get ready to talk business with host Emily Jackson. Check it out on Apple Podcasts or your favorite streaming platform. What is it that do you think is is leading to all of this current violence? Does it is it really stuff that dates back that far as 1997 or could there be something more current underway. Well, it's it's hard to say, Dave. There's a number of, you know, from what our sources are telling us, there's a number of new Nagdraka uh families or clans that more accurately uh operating in the greater Toronto area and, you know, it's like in all things with the underworld is is that, you know, 
Pat, even though he's only 50, is seen as somewhat of a mustache Pete of the, of the old school. And they want to do things different. They want to take over that turf. And not only that, is he's extraordinarily vulnerable. So we're talking about three families in a specific area that are... What area are we talking about for like the Musitanos and the Lapinos and the Papalias? Well, they're all based out of Hamilton, but their uh, operations extend, you know, across the province and uh, into Western New York. I mean, Hamilton is a base. You know, obviously they drive some of their income there, not as much as they used to because, you know, there used to be the, the steel mills used to be going full tilt there and, uh, there are always guys looking for a payday loan and things like that. So, you know, there's probably, it's moved more into drugs and the, the things like that. And the, the battle apparently is over a cocaine turf in Southern Ontario. There's potential competition coming more from the Toronto area in general. Like, who are we talking about there that may be trying to get their hands on some of this other turf? I don't feel comfortable uh, mentioning names and we haven't put any in print, but we kind of have an idea of who they okay. are. And, and also the, the Musitanos were also lost some of their protection when the uh, Montreal godfather Vito Rizzuto died in 2012. And they had always been protected by the Rizzutos, which were the, you know, probably the preeminent crime family in Canada. Uh, but that allowed the Violis possibly an opportunity to settle scores with the Musitanos and so really, but there's really no family per se. It's uh, Pat and uh, some flunkies, as one of my sources uh, said. So uh, if something happens to him, and it has, and he, uh, he uh, you know, ends up getting toe-tagged in the morgue, then that'll be it for the Musitano family. So previously, there were some broad connections for the Musitano family that have kind of dwindled over the years, and, and the family didn't have as much uh, influence as they once did. That's right. And, and Pat was a lot less seen as well because, you know, he is, you know, he's not an about kind of guy, particularly after, uh, you know, the events of the last couple of years. But, but he's always been a homebody, if you will, uh, at home with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he, that's, you know, and he prefers to stay in Hamilton generally until now, and he prefers to just be at home. Now, there's always a concern that you get violence, it, it begets more violence. Is, is there any talk that this could spark any retaliations, that there could kind of be a, an increasing uh, back and forth here? Or or given the fact that it, it may just be settling old scores, this could die down and, and things kind of get back to calm? Well, our people are telling us that it's not going to get back to calm any uh, anytime soon. That there will be, you know, retaliations and and uh, still jockeying for position in the underworld because they're, you know, the the, the powers that be in that milieu, uh, you know, you know, sense a a vacuum and the that uh, they want to jump in and fill it. I don't think it's going to. Uh, you know, stop anytime soon. And, you know, quite frankly, I mean, it's, there's an element that it's anybody's guess who's behind it, who's triggered it, you know, what it's all about. As one of my sources said, it's total chaos. I don't think, I don't think the police can even make heads or tails of it. Yeah. What are the police saying about what happened to Pat Musitano or, or even just in general, kind of the landscape uh, in the criminal underworld out there? A Detective Sergeant Peter Tom of the Hamilton Police, well-respected, longtime mafia cop, and what I'll paraphrase him in the words of Bob Dylan is, "Something's happening here, but you don't know what it is." And that's 
sort of uh, their position. They know something's happening. They know the landscape's evolving over turf, you know, revenge, you know, a million little things, but they don't know specifically what it's about, who's ordered it, who's triggered it. And they're not telling us if they do know. So for the most part, we're talking about cocaine turf. Is there anything else that any of these groups may be competing over? Or is that kind of the drugs is the biggest business for them right now? Uh, drugs is the, yeah, drugs is the biggest business right now. Uh, that, that hasn't really ebbed. I think some of them are more into a bit more of white collar crime, you know, scams here, extortion there and things like that. It's not the pervasive, uh, all pervasive thing it once was where, you know, you couldn't go buy a can of Pepsi without it being, you know, the mob's fingerprints on it. And, and there seems to be significantly less uh, union uh, racket, labor racketeering as well. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Why, why is the, they're less kind of side businesses and more focus on drugs here. Is it just the nature of Canadian crime or? Well, I think it's the nature of a uh, nature of Canadian crime. But it's also the nature of uh, the nature of society. Cannabis is legal now. You know, the lotteries and the track and things like that, those things are, are less and less prone to mob influence. In New York, they run a lot of boiler rooms on, for stock peddling and uh, scams that way. But, uh, you know, and a fair bit of computer crime. I don't know whether these guys have caught up to uh, that level of sophistication as yet, though. So how big are we talking about with these families in Canada compared to, you know, even the Rizzuto family or, or American crime families? Are these quite a bit smaller? Yeah, they're, they're much smaller and, and they've gotten smaller, uh, you know, thanks to uh, age and death. And uh, I don't know whether there's a hundred made men in the country. There, there may be more, but that doesn't obviously include associates and things like that and hangers on, but there's not very many of them. Uh, I, I know that in the U.S. that uh, used to be something like 5,000, and now it's you know maybe 500 total. And when you're talking about made men, you're talking about like... Made men are uh, those uh, uh, soldiers who've been initiated into the family. They've opened the books. They've gone back to the old country. Okay, you're 100% Italian. And they do the uh, prick the finger and the gun and burn the paper in the hand thing. But, the, you know, that's, you know, I, I think that in a lot of cases, they can't get young guys to uh, join anymore because it's just not worth the hassle of constantly looking over your shoulder. Well, I mean, it is a fascinating glimpse. It, it's uh, obviously violence is not something we want to see in broad daylight like that but it it, it pulls the curtain back a little bit to, for a glimpse at, at some of these underworld figures brad thanks for your time terrific thanks a lot dave have a great day 10-3 is produced by carson jarama technical support this episode from craig robertson thanks to my guest brad hunter you can read more from him at torontosun.com i'm dave breckenridge thanks for listening